Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Zane E. Asher is our very special guest. And uh, wow, uh, today her book is available and it's a must get. In fact, buy two of these, uh, one for yourself and one for someone who needs inspiration. The name of the book is Where the Children Take Us, How One Family Achieved the Unimaginable. And uh, it's such an appropriate title, and it's such a a tribute to uh, the strength of a woman raising four, a widowed woman raising four children, uh, and all of them turned out to have exceptional careers, including uh, the lady we're speaking to today, and that's Zane Asher. Zane, how are you? I am great. What an introduction. Thank you so much. Yeah, and I left out uh, the, the One World and CNN and all the great work that uh, that you've done and the accolades that you've gotten. But uh, really, this is a tribute to a, to a great lady and, and to a great family. Uh, can you give us a little overview? Yeah. So, I mean, the book is um, definitely one that oscillates between pain and some of the struggles we had growing up but it is ultimately as you point out a story of um, unending hope Um, it starts off with what i would call the worst day in my family's life Uh, my mother is in the kitchen waiting for my father and my brother to return from a long distance road trip and she is waiting to pick them up from the airport she's expecting a phone call where my dad would basically say listen we've just landed at the airport come and pick us up um she doesn't get a phone call for several hours and when she does it is not the news that she's expecting um she answers the phone and a voice on the other end of the line simply says your husband and your son have been involved in a car crash one of them is dead and we don't know which one and so i mean you can imagine that moment is i mean it's nothing short of what i would call an emotional earthquake my mother my father and brother were on a road trip where we're originally from in nigeria my dad really wanted to show my brother um his heritage and his culture um just to really give him an overview of everything that nigeria has to offer and so on the road from enugu where we're originally from to lagos which is the biggest city in nigeria their car was hit by a speeding tractor trailer and everybody in the car was killed instantly apart from one person in the back seat where my father and my brother were sitting. And so there was initially so much confusion with our relatives in Nigeria who initially thought that everybody had died. Um, and then hours later they'd heard that maybe one person had survived. And so they really didn't know much and people were still trying to work out the facts when somebody called my mother with that news. And so my mother literally went back from London where we were living to Nigeria without knowing who she was going to be burying in her family, whether it was going to be her husband or her son. Right. And so it turned out that it was my father who had passed away in that car accident and my brother was in hospital. And so, you know, on the one hand, she should have been, I guess, relieved that my brother had survived because obviously, you know, it could have ended up very differently for him too. But um, at the same time, she had to bury the love of her life you know so so there was i guess a sense of relief knowing that her son was okay but then having to bury the only love that she'd ever known um really was i mean it was just it was just devastating there's just no other way to describe it and so you know the book i say is a hopeful book because 
one of the questions that I've always gotten asked my whole life is how did your mother do it? How did your mother, this widowed immigrant, African immigrant living in London, who was poor, didn't have much money, um, you know, living in a neighborhood that was beset by, by crime and, you know, it was quite a, a difficult neighborhood to live in at times. How on earth did she by herself as a single mother manage to raise you, you know, a CNN anchor, your brother, an Oscar-nominated actor. My brother was nominated for an Oscar for his role in 12 Years a Slave. And my sister, a doctor, and my oldest brother, um, a very successful entrepreneur. How on earth, it doesn't even make any sense, how on earth did she do that, um, given all the challenges that you guys faced growing up? And so this book is really a tribute to my mother. And I explain some of the amazing ways um, and the creative sort of parenting strategies that she used, because Obviously, after my father passed away, you know, my brothers did kind of go off the rails a bit. You know, they, they were looking for a father figure. There was no sort of structure or discipline in our household. My mother was locked in her bedroom, just engulfed in grief for many weeks, many months. Um, and then at one point, she really decides to pull herself up by her bootstraps. And she sort of says, listen, my family's future. My, one of my brothers actually gets kicked out of school. Um, you know, things... Our situation as a family is a complete disaster because there's no father figure and also there's really no mother figure because my mother's just sort of locked away in her bedroom crying for hours at a time, which is perfectly understandable given everything that had happened. I was only five years old at the time. Um, and so, you know, she she realizes that her family's future is teetering on the brink and she sort of comes up with strategies to keep us very focused on anything besides the empty chair at the dinner table, anything besides our loss and our pain. And so academics becomes a major focus in our household. Um, she would do things like, uh, she once asked my teachers for my school syllabus for the year, and um, just to sort of figure out what I was gonna be learning in school in let's say two or three months from then. And she would teach it to me at home beforehand after work. So that by the time it came up in school, I already knew it. So that was a big part of my childhood and helping us sort of um, helping us retain some sort of sense of uh, discipline and routine. Everything that sort of I was going to be learning in school, she would teach it to me ahead of time beforehand. And so the teachers thought that I was much smarter than I was. And they began to sort of teach me, treat me as a role model for the other kids. And when school became a place of praise and acclaim and accolades, it fueled my desire to do even better. She would also um, take newspaper clippings, find newspaper clippings of black success stories and cut them out and paste them on our walls so that we'd come home and we would see image after image after image of black people, people that looked like us, especially if they were African immigrants who had overcome something and really thrived, you know, regardless. And so those were the images that we were bombarded with as kids. And she convinced us, listen, the people in these newspapers are just like you. If you work like them, you can have what they have. And, you know, another thing just quickly is, um, she came up with what she called the eight-hour rule, where she would make us divide our day into three equal parts, um, obviously 24 hours in a day, three parts of eight hours each. And she would say, right, okay, eight hours for sleeping, eight hours to be spent in school, and the last eight hours of your day should be spent working towards your dreams. Because her philosophy was that, listen, everybody in the world sleeps for eight hours. Everybody in the world generally, if they're fortunate enough to just have one job, generally they're, they, they work for you know, eight or nine hours. So the only thing that can differentiate you in this life, the only thing that separates you from the next person is how you spend the last eight hours of your day. 
And so, yeah, the book is filled with so many different examples of the amazing things that she did to really um, help us, you know, help us thrive and help us be our best selves. Where the Children Take Us is the name of the book, and it is available right now, How One Family Achieved the Unimaginable. And if you're just joining us a little late or uh, if you're just turning on your radio a little late, Zane Asher is with us today, CNN uh, anchor and uh, every award you can imagine and uh, every accolade you can imagine. She's the, she anchors One World, which is just tremendous. Uh, what a job her mother did. Uh, Zane, let, let me ask you this. If, is there anything that you undervalued in your life? prior to writing the book and then you it kind of hit you and said oh my god right i forgot all about this is there anything that kind of slipped past you before you started writing this i think that's such a good question i mean you know overall i have always i've always had a deep appreciation for my mother you know i always knew that gosh you know what she did for us really changed our lives however it was only when i became a mother myself and I began, I mean, listen, I'm not a single mother. I have a husband and he's very, very involved with our kids. However, when I became a mother myself, and I also turned 36, which is the same age that my mother was when she got that phone call, I really began to have an appreciation on a whole different level for what my mother achieved in those circumstances. Because obviously, you know, when you're five years old, which is how old I was when my father passed away, you think 36 is really old, you know? And then when you turn 36 yourself, you're, you realize, my gosh, it's so young. And my mother, on top of all of that, was pregnant at the time of getting that phone call um, with my sister. So I, I would say that it's just, um, you know, I think it's just overall her, um, just her grit, her determination. She is definitely a fighter. And, um, you know, I just, I think, basically, this this book is a way of me saying thank you to her and also sharing our story with other people who might need a little bit of hope, a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of guidance. You know, my mother, when I was, um, when I was about, uh, you know, 15, 16 years old, my mother, who of course is an African immigrant, you know, had this belief that, you know, going to Oxford or Cambridge, which is the British version of Harvard and Yale, would be the ticket to a better life. You know, it's a sort of classic immigrant belief. Um, and so, she um, one day sort of paced her bedroom thinking, what can I do? How can I guarantee that my child is going to go to Oxford University? And at the time, my grades were good, but my teachers were like, listen, my grades are fine, but and they're actually very good, but you know, Oxford requires genius level and your daughter just isn't there. So she paced her bedroom and she thought to herself, what can I do to guarantee that my child is going to go to Oxford? And um, she was like, oh my God, I've got it. She came to me and she said, I've got it. I know exactly what to do to guarantee that you're going to go to one of the best universities in the world. And I said, what? <laughs> and it sounds extreme, but she said that basically she was going to ban me from watching any television whatsoever until I had an actual Oxford acceptance letter in hand. And it sounds so extreme because some people are like, well, you know, is that really the right way to go about it or whatever? Um, but as a black girl growing up in London, as an immigrant, as a minority, didn't have much money, you know, going to a place like Oxford University does change your life. It really does change your life. And so even though it is a bit extreme to sort of limit television in that way, um, she created an environment for me where I had nothing to do but study, I had nothing else to do but study. There were no distractions. You know, this is a different time. There's no YouTube, there's no Instagram, there's no Twitter back then. And so, um, 
you know, it was it was a game changer for me and it, and it really did change my life. So I look back and I think that, although it was hard back then, don't get me wrong, um, I think for me, it was a small price to pay for the life that I have now. Again, Zane Asher is our very special guest. Where the Children Take Us, How One Family Achieved the Unimaginable is the name of the book. Please get this book. Frank McKay here with Zane Asher. Uh, Zane, uh, I'm my wife and I have four children. So when, mm-hmm. you, when you started telling the story about your your mother not knowing um, who was dead and who was alive, I can tell you I'm certain from from your dad's standpoint that he would have he would have taken that uh, in a second uh, that his life given his life to have your brother survive. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, and again, as as horrible a tragedy as it is, and what it set up. Uh, your your brother is something is, is someone that's uh, that to me is is very is fascinating. Uh, I'd love to know more about him and and uh, and writing about him was was it uh, was this a very difficult process for him knowing that the uh, that the book is going to focus on this and he survived and his and his dad passed. Uh, what was your brother's reaction to the, the process? Yeah, I mean. Listen, even my mother, when I would interview her about the book, especially for the first chapter where she had to relive those emotions, my mother would set time limits on the conversations because it was so painful to go back there and to relive what happened in September 1988. And her, you know, as a, as a sort of a Nigerian immigrant, you know, there wasn't really much talk about therapy in our family or, you know, anything like that to sort of deal with processing that kind of grief in the most um in the most sort of healthy way and so for my brother um it was difficult not just because you know he was in the car and his father passed away and they were incredibly close but also because you know he was the sole survivor of that accident i mean so as a 11 year old you don't really synthesize the sort of survivor's guilt at that age but on top of all of that the reason why my brother and my father were on the road trip is because you know my brother obviously were african immigrants living in london and you know it was difficult when it came to being let's say a minority um, at that time in England. My parents came to England in the 1970s and there was a whole sort of, um, there was a the common refrain among the far right leaders was keep England white. Um, and so this was, the accident happened in the 80s. And so we were somewhat removed from that, but people obviously were still, um, people still had issues with immigration even at that time. And so my brother was having a difficult time in school being a minority. And so my dad wanted to show him more about his heritage and culture. You know, why don't we travel through Nigeria and I can show you just how rich and how beautiful your culture is so that, you know, when when those kids in school say horrible things, you can stand up for yourself because you know where you're from. And my dad lost his life doing that. And so for my brother, it was an incredible, incredibly difficult time. It was an incredibly difficult time for everybody. I mean, um, my sister never knew my dad because my mother was pregnant with her. Um, you know, I was five years old. So I, I heard that, you know, I heard people talking about the fact that my dad had died, but I didn't really understand why he wasn't coming home. I just, I didn't get it. I thought, okay, you know, I've heard that he's dead, but when is he coming home to play with me? That was my, that was my sort of understanding for, you know, as, as, a, as a young kid. Um, so for all of us, I mean, it was difficult, but ultimately, even though the book starts off with tragedy and pain, it is ultimately a hopeful story. So while the first chapter 
was difficult. I mean, the rest of the book lists just what everything that my mother did to help us. And, you know, so my family and my siblings sort of see it ultimately as a celebration of her and just the, the quiet hero that she really is. I mean, hero is right. I, I mean, uh, your father, the, the reason for his death, the reason he was over there is such a, a noble uh, cause and a noble, noble justice, uh, a gesture. And for him, uh, you know, to, to have lost his life uh, trying to, you know, write his son and, and to show his son uh, his own heritage. I, I mean, what, you know, heroic figures, both of your parents. I, I'm sure people have asked you this, and I'm sure um, more people are, are going to be asking you this, but where the children takes us, uh, take us, how one family achieved the imaginable seems like a, a movie. Um, have, <laughs> uh, is it too early uh, for you to uh, process that? Is it, uh, is it, um, is it something that you, uh, while you were writing, uh, had in the back of your mind? Uh, wh where are we as far as, as seeing uh, Zane, uh, is, uh, seeing this on screen? Um, I think a lot of people have said that to me, to be perfectly honest with you, but it's so early. I mean, the book comes out today, you know, so it's, I think it's still early for um, those kinds of in-depth discussions, but you know, have, has there been interest in talk of that? Yes. Yes, there has. Well, listen, I I very much appreciate your time and uh, congratulations on everything, not just the book, but the, your career has been uh, inspirational. I had no idea that this was your background. I had no idea. I, I always thought you were an inspirational figure uh, just uh, from, uh, from the little that I read. Uh, about you and and the work that you've done but your mother is uh is is beyond i i don't know i don't even know how to describe what your mother has done in her life and uh again where where the children take us um is just a, a great tribute to her zane asher uh, i want to thank you uh, once again congratulations can you give us a social media site or a website where you could follow along we could follow along with what you're doing yeah, so uh, on Twitter, I'm at Zane Asher, and on Instagram, I'm at Zane Asher CNN, and I'm also on Facebook, and um, I have a website, ZaneAsher.com, so yeah. Amazing. And uh, one, once again, uh, as we let you go, we'll be uh, we'll be talking about uh, where the children take us, how one family achieved the unimaginable. Zane Asher, uh, anchor. Uh, Zane Asher is, uh, is the author of this wonderful book. Zane, thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Zane Asher, everyone. Uh, what what a story. I mean, she, you know, everyone knows her work uh, as an international anchor. One World uh, is, is her uh, is her a wonderful uh, show. And, uh, and CNN uh, has uh, has given us so much uh, talent over the years. But, uh, you know, none uh, with a, a background like this. I mean, what a story this is and uh and and to zane's uh zane's mother uh just uh wherever she is i mean what what a story and uh, this is a story you want your young your, your young children especially your, your young girls to to hear and if you if you just take a little part of this um her wondering where her children, where her immigrant children, or her, her her black children in England, still at a time of, of prejudice. This is still prejudice, let's face it. But back then, uh, 19, 1988 in, uh, in, in Great Britain and, and here in the United States, I mean, you know, there's prejudice. But uh, you, you talk about starting out life 
with uh, with a tragedy. Uh, young Zane at, at five years old and, and her unborn sister, uh, the, the two of them uh, starting out life without, uh, without really knowing uh, knowing what uh, what a father is and, and whatever, but to learn uh, about this heroic man who lost his life teaching his uh, his 11 year old son. Just think of that, teaching his 11-year-old son his heritage and and where he came from. I, I just, I, I it's impossible not to listen to the story without tearing up. And uh, Zane Asher, uh, once again, just uh, what a career. And all of them, all four of those children have had amazing careers. I, I urge everyone to get the book. It's out today. Where the Children Take Us, uh, How One Family Achieved the Unimaginable. And a tribute to to, to women everywhere, but a, a great woman, uh, Zane's uh, mother and her family, and and what they've achieved is just it's just unbelievable. Zane Asher, everyone, has been our very special guest. Frank McKay here with the CNN anchor and author. I'm going to say it again because it's it's a must get. Everyone get two of these books. Uh, get one for somebody who's who has had a tragedy or who is has a setback. It's called Where the Children Take Us, How One Family Achieved the Unimaginable. Zane Asher is the author of that book. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down.